Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. My name is Tony. My name is Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. And discounts. And welcome to episode number 100. Oh my. Wow, it's like a dead (laughs) walrus or something like that. Phew. Man, I cannot believe it. A hundred episodes. Yeah, buddy. And you're here to celebrate with us, so thank you, thank you, and thank, thank you. you. We get mail. We Did do you know get mail. You can email us through our website, so if you have a question, we have our friendly Facebook group, so you can pose questions there. Yeah. But if you also just want to write to us, you can do that. Yeah. I got an email from a lady who is looking to tow a trailer with a Chrysler Pacifica. Sadly, her husband just passed away, and she was looking at what kind of trailer she could pull on a cross-country trip. So we went back and forth a little bit, but the problem with most minivans and towing is they just are not well-suited to it. The cargo capacity and towing ability and the transmissions and a number of other things, just they're not well suited to towing so we do have our towing episode so i pointed her in that direction and told her well there's a towing calculator and all of that i'm happy to help in the future i'm happy to answer any questions and what she was looking to do just did not seem safe yeah we want everybody to be safe yeah our towing episode is one of the more popular ones that we have yeah surprisingly the most popular is rv refrigerators and i wrote an (laughs) article about that and posted it today so it's a double whammy in our chat topic session the other one (laughs) is should you tow your rv or drive your rv with the RV refrigerator on. And rather than get into it right here, we're yeah. going to send you to the article that Tony wrote. We recommend no. That's the three-word okay. answer. We recommend no. But go read about it and find out what our reasons are and how who we've talked to to find these answers. Yeah, I think it's a good article. It's gotten huge traffic already. Yeah, go check it out. We have another really popular topic, and that's solar power. <laughs> And we were very fortunate enough to get Eva Middick from GoPower to come and talk to us. So we were indeed. We are going to have her on right after this. this. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course. They charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. We are here today with Eva Middick from Go Power. You know, as much as we talk about solar panels and solar power and everything, you know that we are really excited to have Eva here with us today. (laughs) I can never get away from saying that expression. So anyway, Eva, thank you so much for being here with us today. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys about solar. Absolutely. We have had a GoPower solar panel probably since the second week we've had our travel trailer. Pretty much. And it has just been terrific. And it's an 80-watt panel. And it's done a super job for us. But, man, there's been some new developments and new technology and new capability. And now you guys have a whole new line of really exciting portable solar panels. Yeah. So it sounds like you've been rocking that 80-watt panel for about, what, seven years, six, seven years now? About five, four and a half. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad it's treated you well. Technology, especially with consumer-geared electronics, has been moving at a breakneck pace over the last yeah. However long it's uh, <laughs> however long it's been, especially with the solar space and mobile off grid technologies and that sort of thing, efficiencies and that sort of thing are always increasing. And one of the things that we like to do at Go Power is to innovate, and that's that's basically been the name of the game since day one, since 1996 when we started. And celebrating our 25th anniversary this year, we came out with a new portable solar kit. The one that you guys have is what, 30 some odd pounds, 25 pounds? Yeah, yeah that, sounds, about that right. sounds about right. Yeah, so th- that one's got an aluminum casing and stuff like that on it. So yep. it makes it a little bit more restrictive if somebody has a weight issue, uh, you know, camper trailers, uh, tent trailers, that sort of thing, or somebody who might be a little bit older who wanted to add solar to their machine. So this year we've released a uh, super lightweight, it's called a Duralite solar kit, 100 watt monocrystalline solar panel that's foldable with a canvas case. And it only weighs about eight pounds. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't it's, realize uh, it's it was quite, that light. It's quite small. Yeah. And um, it's actually kind of funny. I was doing curls with it at lunch because I left my uh, my resistance bands <laughs> back at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're actually quite a neat little kit. So the, the full kit comes with everything that you need to kind of charge your battery while you're off the grid. It comes with a, a slew of connection op- options for your battery, for battery clamps, to ring terminals, to, you know, the little connectors that go into the side of your RV if you've got a pre-wired for solar port. And another cool thing about these panels is that they're expandable. So all, yeah. of our, uh, all of our older ones, you can know, they're pretty much standalone, but if you wanted to add more solar to them, you kind of have to, you know, pry off the guts and, you know, get into the wiring and start, Eek. you know, wiring a bunch of stuff together. This new one, you're able to hook up to three of them together. So you're able to get to a 300 watt ground based portable solar system that again, even with all three panels, you're looking at about less than 30 pounds. Wow. Wow. And that's 300 watts of power within the weight of what we have right now for 80 so big difference and it's neat that you can daisy chain them or connect them yeah and that's exactly what our goal was at the outset of the project you know i wanted to make sure that we can add solar to the ultra lightweight campers that are out there you know the pop-up tent trailers that sort of thing even myself like i camp out of the back of my nissan pathfinder so I can just pop this thing in over top of my groceries in the back seat with my dog and uh, head out to the middle of nowhere and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Wow. One of the things that I liked when I bought my panels, all the connectors were there. I didn't have to buy the panels and then figure mm-hmm. out, okay, what do I actually need to make this work? And in fact, being the ding dong that I am, I dragged <laughs> the connector. I had them hooked directly to the battery. So there's an Anderson plug. I accidentally let that drag on the ground and it was like ah fooey and so i remember there was still the solar plug in the kit and i had a backup and so of course i I replaced that 
ruined connector that I <laughs> dragged yeah, on the it's, ground. It's like driving away with the gas pump still in your gas tank, yeah. right? <laughs> Not quite that bad. <laughs> Although I know somebody who did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's nice that all the connectors, everything you need is there. Yeah. And it's a very uh, attractive price point. They're around 500 bucks for the full kit. So it's a super easy access financially for anybody who wants to foray into solar battery charging. And it's got built-in USB ports on the handle as well. So you can just charge your phone right yeah. off the side of the panel without even setting it up and putting in your, and that's what I use it for. I don't connect it to anything. I just set the panel up and have my phone and my Bluetooth headphones connected right to the panel. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. I think we've used the USB port on ours once or twice for charging just because yeah. we could. I mean, it was charged, it was plugged into the camper, so we could have just plugged it in the camper, but we're like, oh, there's a port, let's use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 500 for all three panels? No, 500, that's just for the base kit. So it's a 100 watt foldable solar panel with a 30 amp PWM controller and all the bells and whistles for uh, battery connections and that sort of thing. And then each expansion panel, I believe, is around $300. So you're looking at uh, around a cool grand if you want to get the full 300 watt suite. But then 300 watts, as I've said, with even 80 watts, that's been plenty. And we camp in the winter, camp in the summer. I mean, obviously, we're not running our air conditioning, but everything yeah. else, we're rocking yeah. with just yeah. the 80 watts. And so, Do you guys have a power inverter in your RV as well, right? We do not. No. We do not. Oh, so you, you're able to run your, your lights, your fans, your three-way fridge, that sort of thing, just off that little panel. Yep. yep. Just off the 80-watt awesome. panel. Yep. Yeah. So That's awesome. The only two things, obviously, well... Three, if you count the 110 outlets, but we can't run the microwave and we can't run the air conditioner off that. So that was actually one of the things that I wanted to chat about today as well is the misconception, the very common misconception for people that may think that, you know, adding a solar panel automatically lets you use your outlets while you're on the road, which I hear a lot about. Yes. I sit right across from the, the tech support room and, you know, I listen to the phone calls that come in and that sort of thing. And probably about three or four times a day, my colleagues are like, yep, that's another person that thought the outlets were going to work as soon as they put their solar panel on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big gap in education for solar, for solar power and off-grid mobile power as a whole. But I think that that's one thing that we can maybe address here today is, uh, you know, what the actual components are and that sort of thing. And then maybe we can foray that into our conversation about the pre-wired systems and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. So then these panels come with a charge controller. And I'm finding more and more RVs, especially travel trailers, you walk in and there's a Go Power controller right there so let's start basically with what does that controller built into the trailer actually do sure the solar controller is a central component in your solar system it basically takes the power that's coming from the uh, the solar panels on your roof or the portable kit that you have on the ground and controls the charge that goes into your batteries it extends the life of your batteries preventing overcharging So if you have your, say, 80-watt portable solar kit on the ground, you've got the charge controller on the back that is making sure that too much solar isn't going into the batteries and that you're not killing your batteries prematurely. Right. I have likened that controller to sort of the water in our fish pond. So our fish pond can hold so much water as a battery can hold so much power and you can overfill the fish pond and the fish would swim out and die (laughs) and you can overfill a battery and the battery would die. So the charge controller basically is kind of the regulator on the faucet of the fish pond. 
yeah, it's like a shut off valve. And that's actually a great analogy. What we use when we speak with our dealers and we do our training and that sort of thing is um, we use the gas tank analogy. So your batteries are like the RV's gas tank. And then the, the solar is like the fuel pump at your gas station. And okay. the solar controller is the fuel shut off valve. So it's, you know, as soon as it gets to that certain point on your batteries, that's when it shuts it off. That's when you don't get any more solar going into your batteries. Oh, man, I like your analogy better. <laughs> <laughs> Same concept, different applications. Tony <laughs> has some kind of a crazy habit of using water to explain electricity. And that makes me so nervous. Well, because there's water in the RV battery. <laughs> he talks about garden hoses and ponds and... I'm like, you shouldn't mix water and electricity so freely. (laughs) Funny you say that because, you know, I've always learned and grown up that way as well. But the concept of flooded lead acid batteries still baffles me. (laughs) Having to add water to something that's holding electricity is just like. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm finding more and more, again, back to travel trailers, more and more of them being standard with at least one solar panel and the go power controller because there are so many more now that are coming with 12-volt fridges for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is it basically allows you to charge up the things in your trailer or RV of any sort, for that matter, that run on 12-volt. So that nice controller that you get and the solar panel on the roof, which may run your 12-volt fridge, does not mean your outlets or air conditioner or microwave will work necessarily. Right. That's correct. Yeah, that's a common misconception that we get quite often is people are either upset or, you know, left in the dark about what they have installed on their RV. About 30% of the RVs coming off the lines right now are uh, either pre-wired or installed with a GoPower solar component on it. So there's quite a bit of them hitting the road these days. And with more and more people going camping and getting into the RV lifestyle and that sort of thing, especially during the pandemic, it's becoming more and more popular to have those off-grid power components installed on RVs at the dealer level to basically remove the need for any campsite hookups and that sort of thing. Because with everybody on the road now, it's becoming a bigger pain to try and find even a campsite with RV hookups. Right. So having that solar panel, that single solar panel that you guys have, those 80 watts, it really helps offset all the lights and the fans and you know your fridge use and that sort of thing for a couple of days while you're off the grid, especially when you're pairing it with a decent sized battery bank. So it's definitely becoming more and more popular. However, if you do want to run the 110 outlets, GoPower has a solution for that too, where you can run them off a battery. Oh, Yeah, absolutely. Those take a little bit more electrical expertise, I'll say, uh, to install. I I personally wouldn't recommend uh, installing a power inverter on your own, but what you'd need to run your outlets and your appliances and basically anything that you brought from home, table fans, that sort of thing, you'd need to purchase a power inverter and a couple of other smaller components like a transfer switch to be able to run those. And I would recommend wiring those either directly into your RV's electrical system or sometimes you can even get away with just a small plug-in DC carport power inverter, which is about 200 watts. If you just want to power your laptop and charge your phones and that sort of thing, you can get away with a fairly cheap mobile option instead of having to get into the guts of your travel trailer. I know, for example, Rockwood and like the GeoPros and Flagstaff ePros come with an inverter, and you can also get them as an upgrade in the mini lights and Flagstaff micro lights. So, for example, for us, what we have found is with 80 watts of solar... And even in winter, granted that we are in California, we have not had issues of 
having to come in because of power. Usually what makes us have to come back in is we run out of water. And Go Power doesn't yeah. have anything to help us with that, darn it. No, not, not unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, that's not our wheelhouse. But you got, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, when you're going off the grid and going off the beaten path kind of thing, there's two things you have to worry about is water and power. And unfortunately, we don't have anything to, you know, magically create water out of thin air. But um, <laughs> we can create some usable battery power for you to go off the grid with our solar panels. Do you have a guideline or tips for people in sort of sizing these systems? For every 200 amp hours of battery power that you have, a 190 watt solar panel will offset the DC draws of a family of four for about four days with room to spare. So if you have a family, you're going to need, you know, at least 190 watt solar panel with a couple batteries to get a couple days of that off-grid goodness. But yourselves with a smaller trailer and just a couple people, you can obviously go for, you know, around 100 watts kind of thing. That's a single battery and you should be good to go for at least two days. Those new portable panels that you introduced, let's say I have an RV and I have 190 watt on the roof, but sometimes you park in the shade. Will those new portable panels work with the built-in GoPower controller system. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually one of the benefits of the new Duralight system and portable solar kits in general is that you're able to park your RV in the shade and you can put the panel in the sun and then you can power it and you can move your, your panel throughout the day to get the most amount of sun exposure that you need to keep your batteries charged. And the solar controller inside your RV is actually going to work separately from the controller that's on the portable solar kit. So they don't talk to each other. They're attached to the same battery So that's what they kind of gauge off of. They're connected to the same hub point, and that's where they gauge how much solar needs to be brought in to the battery. So, okay. okay. So that's good. So they won't, one won't sort of circumvent the functionality of the other. Precisely. Yeah. The only thing that I would recommend without getting too, too into it, some people have, you know, MPPT charge controllers in their RVs as opposed to PWM, which is what you guys have on your portable panel is a pulse width modulated controller. Those two types of controllers are incompatible. So if you have an MPPT controller in your RV or your travel trailer, I wouldn't recommend having a portable solar kit with a PWM controller. They just have different charging algorithms, so they wouldn't work as well together as opposed to two of the same style. Okay. A lot of places we go to are shaded Mm -hmm. because, you know, then you don't have to run the air conditioner. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that uh, I think a lot of people might overlook when they're considering adding solar to their RVs. You know, we see some installations of people having their panel kind of on the back of their RV near the tail end, which doesn't really make a lot of sense if you're going to, unless you're going to pull in or back out. So it depends on how you camp where your panel should be situated. I mean, I'm awful at backing into any any space, whether I have a trailer attached to me or not. So that's not an option for me. <laughs> Pulling in is the only way I'm going to go. So that's going to affect where I'm going to put the solar panel on, on my roof. You know, shading as well. You know, some people have the larger AC units and that sort of thing, which can create some shade on their roof and on their panel, which won't really affect it too bad, but it will affect the power harvested from that panel. Right. I think you're the go-to people for solar in your RV. Any great tips you might want to share with our audience about choosing solar and what to look for? 
So in terms of, and this is a purely selfless, just a, a general, you know, betterment perspective, look for a company that has quality stuff. You're going to be spending a couple hundred bucks on, you know, your mobile power setup. You might as well be able to use it for at least a couple of years without having to worry about it. Having a big dealer network as well is something that I would really recommend choosing a company that has reputable agents across the country. If you're out in the bush and your unit stops working, you want to get back on the road as soon as possible. So you're basically just looking for that good balance between, um, you know, cost versus quality and that sort of thing. So generally you get what you pay for in this day and age and uh, solar is no exception. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, like I say, when I bought our trailer, I did a bunch of research because I'm a nerd and the go power panels, there was no doubt. And it's served us well for years and years now. I have no yeah. issues with them. In fact, right now the trailer's sitting there with the panels on it right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's actually kind of funny. We hear stories about people who have sold their RV over and over and over again. And uh, they've now inherited this 10, 15 year old RV that has one of our original 75 watt solar panels on the roof. And they're trying to figure out how it works. <laughs> that just goes to show, you know, the quality and the longevity of having a quality product on your RV can definitely, uh, it outlasts the people that own the RV sometimes. So it's a good investment for sure. Yeah. yeah. One of Tony's expressions is buy the best and cry only once. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I do the same thing with my kitchen products. I don't even remember what my question was, was, but about... I'm still trying to understand the electricity in an RV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's sometimes it's difficult to, like like I said, there is that education gap. And um, one of the things that I, one of the goals that I had when I became marketing manager was to kind of narrow that education gap. Because when I first got into the industry, I felt that everyone kind of had their cards really close to their chest. Like all these companies had their secret sauces, if you will, about how mm -hmm. to figure out how much solar people needed on their RVs. And I didn't want that barrier to be a thing anymore. So the one of the things that I did was try to spearhead an education kind of campaign. One of the first things that I did was write a solar for RV reference book. So it's a 22 page little Bible that you can download on gpelectric.com that basically goes through all the parts, all the pieces, all the components, what they do, some buying tips on each one and all that sort of stuff to kind of give people an idea about what you need. It does have some sizing tips as well. Some quick sizing tips based off of the RV type you have, class A, class B, class C, travel trailer. And it's definitely been, I think it's been downloaded some like 30 some odd thousand times, I think at this point. So it's quite popular. It's one of those things that we always keep updated and that sort of thing. And a lot of people have been reaching out to us since that came out, as you guys had mentioned, kind of leaders in the space. And I think that was a huge component for, you know, bringing Go Power to be the thought leader that we are today. That's fantastic. So we have had the privilege of speaking with the lady who has written the book on solar power. Eva Middick from Go Power, <laughs> and we'll even tell you how to get the book for free. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Hey, it's I it's I, true. I can't take all the credit. I do have a number of a uh, number of people that work with me to make everything like that happen. And uh, I get you can say I wrote the book, but it would be a, a bit of a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I will take all the credit you deserve. It was at least a great idea to put it together, and it's beneficial to people so thanks yeah and i think that's one of the things that i've learned over the last couple of years is there's so much knowledge in my office i think we have a combined like 125 years experience in an rv solar so it's trying to get all of that knowledge out of people's brains and onto a page and into words that people will understand is one of the hardest parts because sure. even now people are so daunted by the idea of you yourself it's I, I just said you know still not quite sure about some of the solar things or the electrical components 
So I'm trying to break down that barrier and bring things down to, um, you know, a more layman's term, easily accessible kind of message that people can actually take home and really sink their teeth into. Awesome. That's fantastic. And so if people want to learn more about those new Duralite solar panels or anything solar related. Duralite solar kits are the newest solar kits that we have. And our website is gpelectric.com. gpelectric.com. And you can get the book and everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've also got a neat little chat bot there too. That's helping people find their manuals and that sort of thing. So if you do have a solar kit installed and you're not sure how to use it, You can find everything you need. We're actually working on a number of videos and how-tos and troubleshooting and that sort of thing that's going to be updated on our website uh, over the next couple weeks. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Eva, so much for your time. It's a pleasure speaking with you, and we hope to keep in touch. And whenever you have something exciting to tell our audience, I know they're interested in solar. It's always a popular (laughs) topic. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, we do have some really cool stuff coming down the pipe into 2022. So keep you guys posted. Absolutely. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thank Thank you. you. People ask us how to get internet on the road. Campground Wi-Fi is more promise than deliver. And you want to be safe and secure and cell phone unlimited only goes for so long before you're throttled. Yeah, it's not really unlimited, but the FMCA is here to the rescue again, this time with their Tech Connect package for FMCA members. Tech Connect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with Sprint using a 3G, 4G unlimited plan. And it's another great FMCA deal. For just $49.99 a month that you use it, plus a one-time equipment rental fee of $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month. So use it when you're on the road, park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not. Upload your RV experiences, enjoy unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stressless. This is another great reason to join FMCA, along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires, in addition to other ways to save on tech, and so much more. And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership, just $79.99 when you go to our Discounts and Deals page on the Stressless Camping website. Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member. Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but data speeds might be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage. Wow. Wow. All right, we are back. And, you know, we've been doing our weekly campground reports, and we're going to do one ourselves. That's right. Instead of having a guest campground this week, we wanted to tell you about Fort Bragg, California, which we're headed to in a couple of days to spend the weekend. We've been there many, many times, so we feel like we can pretty much tell you the great stuff about Fort Bragg. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Fort Bragg is a small seaside city that started life as a logging town, as did so many oceanside cities in Northern California. There was a lot of logging infrastructure there. They had a huge sort of pier set up where they could roll the logs onto steamships back in the old days. And now it's just a cool place to come and see, especially when it's hot inland. It is cool in Fort Bragg. Right. All, you know, always on the coast, it's cooler than it is inland in the summer. Well, in the winter. No, not in the winter, oddly enough. But we often during the summer escape to the coast. And we really like 
to go to Fort Bragg and the Fort Bragg area, the whole kind of Mendocino coast, really. When we hang out in Fort Bragg, we either camp at the Pomo campground. Right. And the Pomo, by the way, are a band of Native Americans who inhabited this area and were the people that were here before European settlers and were a real peaceful bunch of people. And so Pomo Campground is one of the two places we stay, but also Westport Union Landing State Beach, which is just basically a flat spot on the bluffs. Yeah, it's a little bit north of Fort Bragg, and there are lots and lots of campgrounds. Don't get me wrong, these are not the only two. Oh, no. There are, <laughs> yeah, there actually are these quite are a few. These are just the two that we spend the most time at. And the Westport Union Landing State Beach area, we really like it because it's primitive camping, but it is state beach territory, and so it's really inexpensive, like $6 or something a night. Yeah. No hookups, but you're right on the bluffs, and you can hear the ocean, and you've got the great views and the breeze, and it's a just a fun, fun place to hang out. Yeah, for us. And if you have 8,000 water hoses, you can even get water to your RV. <laughs> So they do have a water spigot. It is not intended to be hooked up to a hose. So we... We <laughs> the saw, first we, time we went there, we yeah. thought there was water available. And so we ended up holding the hose up against the spigot. Well, it wasn't just our hose. It was it our hose our and Manya's hose and yeah. Linda's hose. Because we didn't park close enough to it. Because yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was a, that was a fun... A fun little adventure. Now we know. We either right. get closer and maybe use a water thief to hook up to that spigot to get some water into the RV or, you know, just show up with water. Yeah, It's exactly. a lot easier that way. <laughs> so one of the things we also like about that Fort Bragg area is there's actually a lot of stuff that we would actually go to Fort Bragg for even if it weren't great RVing and really cool weather. One of those is, and we have an episode with Robert Pinoli from the Skunk Train, but it's the Skunk Train. Yes, indeed. We'd love to ride the Skunk Train. And nowadays you can take the Skunk Train either from Fort Bragg or from Woolitz. It used to go all the way through from one to the other, but I think maybe they realized that everybody would get off on the wrong end and then their car was in the other end and... I know Tony's mom chased the skunk train over the hill. Took the car so that she could pick them up on the other end, which for me, that would be a bummer because I'd miss the chance to actually ride the train. Yeah, and it's it's neat because, well, listen to our episode about it, but it's a train that runs through the Redwoods because it used to be a logging train. Correct. And now on that end, on the Fort Bragg end, you can also rent rail bicycles and you can cycle along the rails yeah, and that's pretty cool if you get tired they have electric motors in they them do. too so that's kind of like a your own personal backup yeah pretty uh, neat another thing one of my favorite reasons to go is roundman smokehouse oh yeah their slogan is we'll smoke anything and <laughs> you go in there it just you know it smells like a smokehouse and they have sausages and pork chops and fish and oh my gosh so their stuff much is good so stuff. awesome so delicious and it seems like every time we go there we know we're going we never plan properly so we always end up with a new one of those insulated <laughs> bags to carry yeah. all the cold meat back home because we're we just don't think that far ahead. No, even though we know we're going, but yeah. oh well. But when we're there on Main Street going to Roundman's Smokehouse, another one of my favorite things is just around the corner from Main Street is Pippi's Long Stockings. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's sock, a sock store. store. 
Like, what else better could there be? A whole store full of socks, and it is so much fun to shop in. (laughs) (laughs) This past weekend, we did a Girl Camper College for all women at an RV park. It's basically, it's our RV basic training, but adapted for Girl Camper College. And I wore my parental advisory socks, and I was expecting at least somebody <laughs> would catch that, but no. I wore my camping socks, Well, of that would have made more sense <laughs> if I had done that. And then still, while we're on Main Street, we got to pop into Cowlick's Ice Cream, of course. They have some really unique and wonderful, they have really delicious ice cream. Mushroom, Mushroom ice cream. Mushroom ice cream. Which cream. smells and tastes like feet. <laughs> To like mushrooms. Oh yeah, same yeah. thing. <laughs> but that I mean, is always a good yeah. stop too. <laughs> no, but Cowlicks makes their own ice cream and it's fantastic. Definitely need to go there. Also, Noyo Harbor, there is a lot of fishing going on, and thus there is a lot of fresh fish that you can eat. Yes, indeed. There. So Noyo Harbor has some great restaurants, and also from Noyo Harbor, you can get on tour boats they do a harbor cruise they have fishing excursions and whale watching excursions and a lot of those things leave out of noyo harbor so that's a cool place to check out whether you want to go out on the water or whether you just want to eat food that came out of the water absolutely (laughs) yep and of course nothing goes with fresh fish like beer and there is a brewery there there is a brewery in fort bragg one of the signature beers of north coast brewing company is scrimshaw it's kind of a light beer And then, of course, world famous. World famous Glass Beach. Absolutely. Where basically the glass from the garbage dump would wash up on shore. And I believe it was the garbage dump. From years and years ago. Right, right, right. And it's all smooth and polished now. But we stayed at Albion Beach and and we talked about that. There was a ton of glass there. Yeah, we found out. A lot of glass there. I don't think as much as Glass Beach. And people say that there's not anywhere near as much glass as there used to be. That's because people pick it up and take it (laughs) home and you're not supposed to. It's fun to go look and explore and find some glass and take some pictures and just kind of really pretty because it's all this colorful, shiny, smooth glass. It is cool. And last but not least, the botanical gardens there. And they do, if you happen to go around Christmas time, they do a heck of a Christmas exhibition there where they redecorate the botanical gardens, all fancy for Christmas. We even have a video about that. It's a neat place. It's uh, the stuff you would find at the coast. And a lot of the plants and such at the coast are really unusual. There are those trees that I don't know the name (laughs) of, but there's a whole section of the highway where the trees completely canopy the highway and i think it's pretty cool and one of the things that the botanical garden does is host the rhododendron festival every year oh so if you're into rhododendrons that's the place to be rhododendrons all right or roadies as they are affectionately oh i know some roadies no no not those kind of roadies Oh, okay (laughs) back in the event days there was roadies that's right different roadie they like to sit in the back of the van and smoke fun tobaccos. <laughs> but before we go to Fort Bragg, why don't you tell us about your new gadget? So we are finally completely hooked up with an awning. It is so awesome. We took our trailer out camping last weekend. It was pretty hot out and we opened the awning and shaded half the trailer and it makes such a difference such and a I difference just to have an so awning happy to have an awning again if you haven't been following our lives closely because you have your own life (laughs) 
I whacked our old awning. Oddly enough, on the way to Fort Bragg, I whacked the old awning on a tree. Last summer. Yeah, last <laughs> August. And so we ordered an awning from the manufacturer who provides the awnings to our travel trailer company and waited and waited and waited and waited and, waited and Christmas came and went, New Year's came and went. And then I, I saw some advert that I either got an email or something and it said, Lippert has replacement awnings that go right in place of factory awnings. Well, why not? So I looked and I called a lady at Lippert and I really wish I had remembered her name because she was so very helpful and ordered a new awning and I saw <laughs> they have a Lippert smart arm awning and I'm like, what the heck is that? What it is, is it's an awning that completely goes in place of where the old awning went so you take off the old awning and you can replace it with this smart arm and the smart arm is so cool because it's got the buttons on the awning arm itself so you can be outside and you can open and close the awning turn the lights on and off and there's even a wind sensor so if you do happen to leave the awning out it will retract automatically it's just a slick thing and it's a direct replacement and actually was i think less expensive than the factory awning for wow. our trailer so I think the awning itself is actually better. I could order it and they delivered it. The people were helpful. The price was fair. And now we have the Lippert Smart Awning. So we're going to have a whole video about that. And uh, we'll put a link to that in our show notes. But I'm just completely happy with this thing. It's a, it's a really well-made, cool piece of technology that is an awning. Excellent. You might remember that last week... We spoke to Jay Redinger from Pooh Prince, and we talked about the Big Dirty. Yep. And we asked you in our question of the week whether you have your dog registered with Pooh Prince. And we did. We got some responses, but no one's actually registered. But we all sort of had discussions about how sadly great that <laughs> that service yeah. is it's sad that it has to be a service but it's great that it's out there yeah this week's question of the week is what is your dream road trip yeah we'd love to know because we're getting ready to take ours yeah this is the last week for over two months that we will be here in our sticks and bricks so the next couple of months, you'll be hearing us from the road, and we will tell you next week all about our road trip and how we planned it and why we planned it and all those good things. Yeah. But before then, I want to hear about your road trip. Where do you want to go? Where's the like bucket list place that you cannot wait to visit? Or are you planning a big trip, and what, what's involved in that and the steps and all that? Where can you weigh in? Why? On our friendly stressless camping podcast facebook group that's right you can and you can link to that from our website which is where you can find all of our social links and places to go visit us uh, in social media and such right so just start at stresscamping.com that jump up onto facebook and instagram and all those places find our stressless camping podcast group and say hello. And also while you're there on the website, check out our discounts and deals page. Yeah, what we try to do is work with manufacturers whose products or services we really like. 
and work with them to get a discount. For example, the Hughes Power Watchdog that we talked about last week, there's a discount there for that and other things too. And if you happen to know of anyone who wants to offer a discount to our listeners, please have them get in touch with us. Send them to stresslesscamping.com and have them contact us and we will work with them to get discounts for you and you you, 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 and and even you. Yeah, even yeah, you. Yeah, even you. Why yeah, not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? And of course, you can keep up with us on our once a week newsletter, which is absolutely free. We only send one newsletter a week and we never share your email with anybody else. In fact, you can sign up right on our website. There's a pop-up form there that shows up when you do. Give us a shout. Let us know what you're up to. And of course, you don't want to miss any future episodes of our podcast. So subscribe. Did you know? It's free. (laughs) It's free. I bet you didn't know because we don't say that every week. Every stinking week. (laughs) It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher that you like to listen to. Or listen right on the Stressless Camping website. 100 episodes. We are so grateful that you're here with us, that we've been able to celebrate 100 episodes together. We really appreciate your listening and your reviews on iTunes and or Apple podcasts. <laughs> and it's been a fun journey. And we, of course, will continue the journey. And most of all, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!